This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. All of the things that made New Year's Eve so triggering for me in my pre-parenting days, my clothes, my hair, my social life, my weight, my external world, took a back seat to my character. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. When I was a young single woman, New Year's Eve was the most dreaded night. If you didn't have a date, which I often didn't, if you didn't have a car, which I never had, or if you didn't have a solid plan with a friend, it was worse than spending Valentine's Day alone. It meant feeling that existential angst of being unlovable and socially isolated. It meant not answering the phone so that no one would know you were at home. It meant ordering takeout and watching television before falling into a fretful sleep, praying that by the time you woke up, the horror would be over. From the time I was old enough to want the full New Year's experience, my anxiety would begin in the first week of December. What's going on for New Year's Eve, I'd say. Uh, is anyone having a party? Is there anything to do? Anywhere to go? Should we go to the clubs? Should we go to a restaurant for an overpriced meal that comes with champagne? Do you think we should get out of town? <laughs> in Canada, it's usually freezing cold and snowy or icy. And cabs, they were hard to find. And in my six-inch stilettos, the bus and subway systems were out of the question. So a new outfit was mandatory. And it was planned a month in advance. So sometimes bad relationships were endured until after New Year's Eve, just so you had someone to be with. And maybe there'd be someone at the party to replace the boy you were enduring. It ticked all my boxes of self-loathing. My inability to be alone. My fear of looking like a loser. My carefully straightened curly hair turning into a ball of Saturday Night Live's Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana frizz at the first step outside in the snow or after the first sweaty dance on the dance floor. I remember saying to a dear friend, I just want to meet someone so I would never have to go out for New Year's Eve again. And then, of course, there were the resolutions. Every magazine from Cosmopolitan, which, of course, in December came with that heavily studied horoscope pullout section, to the more serious magazines discussed the resolutions that would give us a year ahead more in keeping with the ideal of the time. Lose that stubborn final 10 pounds. Meet that husband. Have the skin you always dreamed of. On heavy rotation were the ads for the gyms and the health clubs to help you achieve that goal. And every year, membership skyrocketed in December in preparation to fulfill those resolutions. But oddly enough, my friends, they never built new locker spaces for all these new memberships because they knew, as we all secretly know, that by the end of January, no one was going to be going there anymore. And so it was. I shudder remembering those days. I have always been allergic 
to forced hilarity and happiness. Anytime I was meant to be having a good time, my latent defiance disorder kicks in. So my birthday, New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, anytime I was meant to feel something, I constitutionally couldn't feel it. It was as if my brain couldn't risk failing at the feeling that I was meant to be feeling so I would pretend to not want it. Let me explain. For example, I was so afraid that no one would love me, I wouldn't meet my beshert, that I pretended I never wanted to get married. I was so afraid that I would never have a child that I pretended I didn't want kids. In high school, when the perfect hair was long and straight and parted in the middle, it became clear that my curly frizz would never achieve that. So you know what I did? I got a perm. Yes, a perm. Because it was better to look like I wanted it even more curly than to be seen as an unsuccessful share wannabe. So terrified that I would never be worth loving that I ran from any possibility. Anyone who was interested in me was immediately disqualified. You know, based on the Groucho Marx line, I didn't want to belong to any club that would have me as a member. My ability to lie to myself and to the world was airtight. I lived in a state of constant cognitive dissonance. I wanted, wanted, wanted. So I claimed I didn't, didn't, didn't. How much better to act like you don't want something than to appear to be unsuccessful at achieving it. New Year's Eve was the night where all of my issues rolled into one eight-hour fail fest. Well, on my 31st birthday, thank God, I got married. The fears and the trepidations, they subsided for a while. You see, New Year's Eve was taken care of once and for all. Valentine's Day was a guaranteed date. My birthday, yeah. And yet, the sensation that I was missing out never really left. The endless FOMO, the measurement of self by who I was socializing with, where I was or was not invited to, these issues, they never truly resolved. And then, one year, on New Year's Eve, after way too much champagne and other not-so-healthy activities, something happened. I didn't know what that thing was until several months later. You see, the first pregnancy test was negative. Then so was the second. But the third? Well, there it was. And then, nine months later, minus three weeks because the baby was early, I gave birth to my first child, who was born on Rosh Hashanah Day, the real New Year's. How could I have a bris in eight days for a child born on Rosh Hashanah and not know anything about Judaism? You know what the truth is? I didn't even know it was Rosh Hashanah. How am I going to raise a Jewish child if I was so disconnected? I was so self-absorbed and still searching for the next perfect party. And besides, I wasn't going to be going out anywhere anytime soon. My party days were over now that the baby was here. But before that baby was one year old, I was beginning my journey into Jewish wisdom. Attending classes at my friend's house. Trying to reclaim my birthright in order to give it to my child. And in the process, I discovered that my work in life 
was to deal with all of the things that made New Year's Eve so triggering for me in my pre-parenting days. That my clothes, my hair, my social life, my weight, my external world took a back seat to my character. My ability to give, to share, to love, to nurture, to be a role model, to live soul first. And it made me laugh that all those December 31st nights that I sat home alone analyzing and contemplating my life were actually a closer approximation of what celebrating New Year's Eve should be. And I was grateful. This week, can you examine your plans for the last day of the Gregorian calendar by examining your relationship with the Jewish New Year? Can you enjoy the festivities without the angst or expectations that can take one single night and turn it into something much more important than it needs to be? Can you ask yourself if you celebrate any Jewish milestones in the Jewish calendar with the same emphasis, expenses, and expectations that you do on secular New Year's Eve? Can you mark the passing of time but save your resolutions for the New Year's that falls on the first of Tishrei, the first month of the Jewish year, Rosh Hashanah, because then you will also get heavenly assistance in your goals and your dreams. Yet yeah, that, and also a new outfit. Happy Secular New Year. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.